Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner, and I appreciate you being here with me. One of the things I appreciate about my job is the fact that I get to work in a hoodie and jeans, which is kind of nice. Usually it's sweatpants or gym clothes at my apartment, but uh, I figure since I've got the video rolling, I got to wear some jeans. And the good part about hoodie and jeans is that you don't have to wash them after each use. So that's something that is nice to not have to do. Or maybe I should be doing that and I'm just not. But I feel like that's a thing that people don't wash their jeans after every time they wear them. Um, You ever wonder how trends like that get started? Like who was the first person to be like, you know what? We don't have to wash jeans after each time we wear them. And of course, there's definitely a possibility that I should be washing my jeans after every use. And everybody's listening right now thinking that I'm pretty gross. Maybe I should do like an Instagram poll and find out if I'm the only one. But anyway, I am super excited for this episode because I'm talking about a topic that has a lot of validity and just a lot of meaning in the fitness space and really just in life. And I feel like, you know, anything fitness related is kind of just a microcosm for life anyway. So, you know, when I talk about things as far as like fitness related topics, it generally applies to the rest of your life as well. So the topic is a powerful F word, and I'm not talking about that F word, so get your mind out of the gutter, although that is one of my favorite words just because it is so versatile and has so many different meanings to it, but I know that some people can get offended by it. But if you think about it, the F word is really just it provides more emphasis. Like if I'm talking to a friend and I'm like, hey, what'd you do on Thursday night? And he's like, oh, I went out. It was crazy. We had so much fun. All right. And then I'm like, hey, what'd you do on Friday tonight? And he's like, you know, we went out. It was fucking crazy. We had so much fun. And I'm like, I want to go out with you on Friday night. Like whatever you did on Thursday was cool, but I don't, I'm not really interested in that. But Friday night sounds epic. And there's just a different meaning Um, Not to mention the F word, like you can use it as a verb, you can use it as a noun, you can use it as an adjective, it can be positive, it can be negative, it can be complimentary, it can be an insult, like it really is super versatile. But I know some people get offended by it, so um, I do curse, I try to keep my, you know, I try to keep it to a minimum, but just, you know, my personality, sometimes I just, it, it comes out, and again, it's not to be offensive, but uh, yeah, so we're just going to get that out there. But anyway, the F word that I'm talking about is fear. And so fear is something that really can be debilitating. It can be controlling. It's something that everybody deals with. And there was like this popular thing going around where it was like no fear. I don't know, you know, if you guys remember the brand No Fear, but I feel like there was this movement of no fear, like Like you're not supposed to have any fear and obviously that's a little bit short-sighted and unrealistic, but it's important when we break down fear and what it actually is and what it does to us. And so thinking about fear, it's not just a feeling. It's not just something that like, oh, I feel this and then I can deal with it. It's it's a lot deeper than that. It's an emotion uh, which causes a psychological response. It causes a physiological response. And it causes a behavioral response. And so we have to understand that from a physiological standpoint, 
you're going to, when you feel, when, when fear is present, when there is a perceived or a real threat, you are going to have, you know, activation of your nervous system. It's going to get excited. It's going to get aroused. Your, you know, anxiety and fear, basically all that is, is amplified neuronal activity. So basically your neurons are firing at a very rapid rate. Um, and from an evolutionary standpoint, it makes sense because, you know, we're built to survive. And if there is something that is threatening that chance of survival, we need to be ready to handle it. We need to be alert. We need to be aware. We need all energy and resources focused towards that threat. And what, you know, so basically your, your nervous system is activated and, and excited. You're going to see, you know, certain hormones like cortisol. You're going to see certain neurotransmitters released like adrenaline. Um, there's going to be like glucocorticoids that are released. There's going to be activation of your HPA axis. Like there are so many physiological processes that happen when fear is present. So just saying it's, it's a feeling is really doing, uh, a, you know, a disservice so knowing that, understanding all these processes that happen, you know, some of that is genetic. So we're kind of uh, wired to handle certain situations in a certain way. So for some of us, fear and the response from fear will be activated based off of, you know, some people have a fear of flying in an airplane and some people have a fear of spiders and other people don't. So there's a genetic component, but then there's also an environmental component based off of like, if you had early trauma or if just like your life experiences, there was a, a circumstance that happened, will kind of program you to have a fear-based response to that situation again. Um, so the way that we handle it, and an important thing to know is that the nervous system is kind of built to, right, we're built for survival. So if an event is familiar, like it's something that we know and we're comfortable with, our nervous system is not going to activate. It's not going to amplify or, or, or get aroused the same way that it would with a novel stimulus. So if you think about like if you hear, you know, let's say you live in a house that's near train tracks and like you get woken up in the morning by the sound of the train and you get startled. Um, the more that you hear that sound, the more that it becomes habit and familiar. And it's not going to have that same nervous system amplification as the first time when it was a novel sound. And, you know, this applies to really anything, but you're basically, your nervous system gets bored of things that are familiar. Um, another example of this would be like couples who, you know, they, you know, things in the bedroom, you know, kind of get stale or boring and they go to a, a marriage counselor or, or a couple's therapist and the therapist will tell them, try something new. Because the familiarity of what they've been doing has gotten boring and it's gotten stale. So there's no arousal of the nervous system and just a novelty like going to a hotel room or, you know, having sex somewhere else in the house, not always in the same spot. Like any little change that's going to create a novelty stimulus can help improve their sex life. So that's like just a simple example of how familiarity will won't cause that nervous system excitation and so then thinking about that from the perspective of fear our job is then to make whatever it is that we're scared of or whatever it is that causes us anxiety make it familiar and the way that we do that so 
there's really two responses when it comes to handling fear, right? We either face it or we avoid it. And with avoidance, the issue is that it still remains a novelty. So like, let's say you're scared to go into the gym and your response is, I don't want to face that fear. I'm going to stay home. But now the gym is will still create a novel arousal of the nervous system because you've avoided it. You haven't actually made it a familiar thing. And so now it's controlling you and it has power over you because it's still your physiological response is still based in fear because you haven't done anything to change it or make it a habit. And if you think about that, the avoidance basically strengthens over time because every time you pass up on going to the gym in this example, you're basically casting a vote that fear going to the gym you know, is something that you're going to avoid. You're basically casting a vote for your weakness and not in the sense that like you're a weak person, but if you think about it from a psychological level, whenever you back down to your fear, you feel like a failure. So if you're like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to the gym today. I got this. And then you get in the car, you turn the car on and you're like, I just can't do it. You turn the car off. You know, you're obviously going to feel pretty down about yourself and you're just casting a vote and strengthening that avoidance response. The other way is we have to immerse ourselves to it. We have to basically throw ourselves into the deep end. We got to jump in. And it's really difficult in the short term because it's uncomfortable, obviously. Otherwise, we wouldn't be scared of it. But the long-term benefit, you know, it we really have to think about that because the more that you, you know, get yourself reps over time, which would basically be you know, in this example, going to the gym. So even if you just show up and go in like for two minutes, you are building up confidence, you're building up the familiarity of being in the gym. And over time, that fear response from a physiological level, that excitation or arousal of the nervous system is going to diminish and it's going to lower over time. And with each rep and with each time you face that fear until eventually you know, it's just going to be a familiar stimulus. It's not going to be a novel stimulus. And so now, you know, you're somebody who, and, and, you know, from a psychological standpoint, you've built that confidence of, I've done this before, I can do it again. And, you know, it also comes from behavioral standpoint, like mastering a skill. So let's say, you know, your fear is public speaking, and you don't want to get up in front of people to speak because it causes you anxiety. And let's say you just, you know that you can't avoid it because that's going to just, you know, it's going to make the problem worse. Um, and so you just jump in and you start doing it. And let's say that, you know, the first time you do it, you're really scared, you're nervous, you stutter, you know, you don't deliver the best speech possible, um, but you did it. So you casted one vote of confidence that you can do it again. Then the next time you do it, you know, you're, you're a little bit more confident. Maybe you didn't perform as well. Then the next time, you know, and over time, you've now started to get better at that skill. And as we master those skills and improve, basically what we're telling ourselves is the likelihood of failure has been significantly reduced because we're more confident now and we've practiced, we've put in the reps. So now we know how to do this. And, you know, from a you know, survival standpoint, like taking this back to how we evolved, 
the less likely that there is a threat, the more familiar, so the less nervous system activation we need. So if you think about that, physiologically, from an evolutionary standpoint, our bodies don't want to send resources to a familiar thing because we need to save those resources for when the real threat occurs. It makes sense. It's an adaptive mechanism. And basically, that's how we're wired. So making something you know, familiar or a habit and being confident in it, you're not going to require a lot of resources or energy to do that task. And your body is basically saving your energy and resources for something that is a novel, you know, a novelty, uh, something that might be a threat, something that you're not used to. Um, and then from an emotional standpoint, if you think about the anxiety, it's really anxiety is really just a fear of fear. So you're not necessarily scared of the danger. So like somebody who's afraid to fly, uh, you know, flying is not a real danger. So that person might, you know, even put their kid on a plane and feel totally confident, but they themselves won't fly. It happens all the time. So it's not necessarily that they're afraid of the the danger of flying. It's more so a fear of fear itself. You're afraid of the sensation of fear. You don't want to feel that emotional response that happens. And again, the only way around it is through it. By immersing yourself in that feeling, you get more comfortable with that feeling and you're able to live with that feeling and know um, what that's like. You get it's basically it's basically like living in a house and, you know, at first it's a new home. You don't know where things are. You're kind of trying to find your way around. But then all of a sudden everything becomes like second nature and you know exactly where you put all your dishes and you know exactly where the bathroom is. And, you know, you know, you just it becomes something that you don't even have to think about. And that's the same thing with that that feeling, that anxiety, immersing yourself in it. You become over time more comfortable with those feelings. So, you know, really the avoidance strategy is something that is super common but knowing that it it generalizes over time. So at first, you might just avoid something like, you know, going to the gym, but it's going to continue the more that you basically cast that vote towards avoidance. Um, it's going to generalize and it's going to broaden. You're going to be more afraid of you're going to be, a, you know, it's, it's going to spill over into other areas and it's going to continue to control you. And at some point, if you continue down that path, you're going to be in a confine of avoidance, which is really not much of a life to live. If you think about somebody who, you know, worries about everything where they are afraid to leave their house and, you know, they are afraid to socialize and they have this debilita- debilitating anxiety or fear and it controls them, it's, it's not a very uh, enjoyable life. And, you know, it's something that you don't think that one time is going to make much of a difference. Because it's super uncomfortable in the short term. Like, you know, I was definitely somebody who was afraid to speak in class. When I was in school, like, I didn't want to say a word. I was afraid to speak. And so uh, it just kept building up over time. But, you know, just that avoidance factor um, made it where I was then afraid to speak in other areas of my life. And the, the only way to flip that around was to just immerse myself in it. 
And so the short term, it was really freaking hard. Like for me to, you know, stand in front of a camera or stand in front of a group of people or, you know, turn the mic on and just start talking in the short term, it was, it felt like something that I really just couldn't do. It was like, I felt all those emotions, all the, um, you know, I could feel the the amplification of my nervousness, just like that, that anxious energy, you know it, you feel it. But the more that you do it, the more confident you get, the better you get at it. And it just becomes a familiar thing. And now, you know, I'm not going to say that there's zero nerves for me, but I know how to harness that. And the confidence that I've, you know, obtained over time of just putting in the time, putting in the reps, you know, I'm able to now talk in front of a camera, talk on a mic, you know, go live in, in, you know, on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, and just know that I can do it because um, I put in the reps, I put in the time, and now it's just a familiar thing. So the the nerve from a physiological standpoint, I'm not getting that, you know, stress response. I'm not getting that excitation. I'm just more familiar, I'm more comfortable. And then from a psychological standpoint, I've just, every time I do it, it's another vote of confidence. It's just another, you know, putting that, you know, that vote in the box. It's just continuing to build that resolve. Um, And so it's one of those topics that I know it can feel so challenging in the short term, but having that awareness over what's going on from a psychological level, what's going on from a physiological level, and what's going on from a behavior level, it really just creating that awareness is huge because knowing the damage that avoidance can do and the long-term picture or you know the overall picture, it really hopefully gets you into a place where you know that the only option is through it. The only option is to just face it. Um, one of the things that I always recommend people do to begin with is identify your fears first because when it's an unknown, now you're dealing more with anxiety. It's it's not something that is easy to uh, to just immerse yourself in when you can't quite label it. And so just putting an identity on your fears, it, it almost like makes it easier to, to kind of, you know, just throw yourself into the fire because you have this this name for it. You have this label. It's, it's tangible. You know exactly what you're up against. When you're kind of dealing in this gray area, it, it's hard to know what to do when it's an unknown. And that's where, you know, the, the solution for anxiety and fear is the same. You still have to go through it, but it's a little bit different when you're talking about anxiety because anxiety is more of an unknown, an internal threat. Fear is a known external threat or perceived external threat. And so that's kind of, you know, the difference there, but the solution remains the same. There's no way around it. There there is no avoidance, you know, you can't escape it. The more that you try to run from it, the more it controls you, the more power it has over you. The only way to take that power back is to jump in and go through it. Short term, very uncomfortable. Long term, super beneficial you will build a lot of confidence and you know that is something that will carry over into other areas just like the avoidance will being able to face it will carry over so you have you know you face that fear of going to the gym but now you have a fear of using the equipment but because you've built that confidence up that you got into the gym you made that first step 
now going and tackling the leg press machine doesn't seem so intimidating because you are somebody that has already overcome one fear. So you know that you're somebody that can overcome any fear. Um, Obviously, it's still uncomfortable the first time that you do it. But remember that reps over time, that's going to be the biggest factor. So I hope that you all can take something away from this and understand what's happening to us when we feel that emotion of fear. Uh, There's a lot of processes going on and it's totally normal. But if you think about it from an evolutionary standpoint, it it makes sense. So just creating that awareness and knowing what we have to do to face it, uh, I hope is valuable to you guys. And if it is, let me know because I want to hear your feedback. I want to know what your thoughts are. I want to know what fears you are facing. So please first just screenshot this Tag me on Instagram at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner and tell me, you know, what's going on? What fear are you facing right now? Send me a DM and let me know because I want to hear and I want to, I want to, you know, kind of get you back. I want to help you through it. So send me a message. And also, if you can do me a favor, drop me a five-star rating and review on iTunes. I would greatly appreciate it. And I will talk to you guys next time.